It's the Bootcast. Good day, VHL, and welcome into another episode of the Bootcast. Hope everyone is going well today. Uh, it's it's been such a long time since I've done a podcast. It feels I know it's only been a f- few weeks, I believe, but uh, considering Brock and I had podcasts nearly every week for about three or four months, yeah, it's just been a long time. Uh, just touching on that, I've recently moved into our friend's house. Uh, just for a couple months before I moved to a new job and it's just been difficult. It's, it's a small house, uh, four of us living here and every noise is heard on, uh, one of the recordings. So that's the reason that Barack and I haven't been able to record. He's only able to record at night and that's when everyone is home and yeah, you just lots of background noise. I've done a couple tests and it just hasn't worked out for the two of us. So. Uh, hoping to be able to get back to recording with Baraka. Um, definitely miss doing that weekly. But yeah, for the next couple months, it's not looking likely. Um, now, going moving on with the podcasting as well. A little bit of burnout on my end. Uh, just doing it every week. So I've decided to step down from VSN and take more advantage of the multi-claim. Do, do a long podcast every two, three weeks, maybe even a month, and being able to claim that. So I uh, had a great time with VSN. The extra job pay was nice when you're able to record each week. But unfortunately, uh, yeah, just due to circumstances, I think it makes more sense for me to step down, get those multi-claims, and uh, just take a bit of a break with with the podcasts and doing PTs each week. So, uh, on this, on this week episode, we got Spartan joined me finally. I know we've been po- uh, talking about doing a podcast for off oh, what feels like forever, definitely since before Christmas and, uh, just haven't been able to get together and do one. So it was nice to finally sit down and had a good long chat with Spartan. Uh, we'll get into that in a bit though. Just wanted to touch base on, everything that's happened basically since, uh, since I did do a a podcast last and that was way before playoffs even. So, uh, it's been a stressful few weeks, uh, especially for us, Muff and I in Warsaw, a couple of crazy series. We went down three, nothing to Helsinki in the first round or second round, if you want to call it that after the, um, playing around. So yeah, I went down three, nothing to Helsinki. Uh, all hope was lost after, after what was a pretty great season for Warsaw. I mean, most goals in the league in over 10 seasons and, uh, just two points away from actually winning a victory cup. Uh, unfortunately Moscow beat us out in that position, but yeah, I went down three, nothing to Helsinki, uh, made some line changes and, yeah, we're actually able to come back and win that series four to three for the first ever reverse sweep in 76 seasons of the VHL. So uh, pretty happy to make history there. But 
thought we'd roll with that momentum into the next series against Moscow, the best regular season team in the league. So we knew we were up up tough and split the first two games and then went back home and ended up losing both games at home to go down 3-1 to one in that series as well. So once again, stress levels were high for Muff and I. Uh, every, every single day, Sims coming out. And uh, once again, we're able to claw our way back into that series and uh, pull out a win in that one too. So uh, making Warsaw see their first final appearance, which was really exciting for the team. Felt like we were rolling at that point. Uh, felt like the EU conference was stronger than the NA in every every aspect. So uh, by no chance did we go into that finals thinking that it was an easy win. I mean, Chicago, also an expansion team that has done a great job. Uh, Jeff, the GM there, just absolutely killing expansion teams, both in the VHL and the SBA. Uh, so went into that series. Uh, Chicago had been playing amazing hockey, especially since the trade deadline where, where they brought in Robin Winter. And yeah, I thought we had a good chance at the at the cup. Uh, split the first two games. And once again, Chicago won the next two games after that. So we've seen ourselves in the same position down three to one in a series. And I mean, it, it become pretty normal to us at that point. So we still liked our chances, but unfortunately ran, ran out of the gas in the tank and could not, could not come back. So Chicago had beat us four to one in that series and congrats to them. I mean, yeah, like I said, Jeff built a great team there. Great group of people. You got to love, love everyone on that team that, uh, that Jeff has built. So, uh, big congratulations. Still, still not going to say that I'm not disappointed that we couldn't get it done, but it is what it is. And we're hoping to come back stronger next season. Uh, but in saying that, the stress didn't stop after that because we've had a pretty up and down off season. We had, uh, Alodir, Reynolds player, and Lexi Glass, AW player, uh, both pending free agents. Uh, heard that Venus Die Trap was potentially testing UFA. So we decided, uh, yeah, I mean, Blade's good friends with both Reno and AW. So we figured if we can go out and acquire her rights and maybe make a good pitch at uh, bringing Venus in to the Warsaw system that we'd be able to retain all three of those players. So uh, probably made a little bit of an overpayment on that trade. Uh, two seconds, a third and a fourth just for rights. Um, definitely some GM stepped up and said, oh, that's that's overpayment for rights. But instantly after that trade had happened, we had we were able to lock up both Aladir and Lexi Glass before UFA. So that alone, I think, was was worth the trade just to lock up those two key players on the Warsaw team. Uh, thought we made a good pitch to Blade. Felt pretty good going into UFA that we had a good chance of signing her. Um, unfortunately, she seemed like she had her mind set up even before going in that uh, she signed with Helsinki pretty much instantly after UFA opened. So, yeah, we feel a little bit gutted that that, that happened. Uh, but at the same time, we had backup plans. Uh, unfortunately... None of those ones worked out either. And yeah, we were going into the season with a, a position that 
we feel we didn't fill that the way we wanted to. Uh, but at the same time, we still have all of our main pieces from the roster last year. Don't really have any regressing players other than my own and Utrid, but both of us uh, had enough bank TPE to uh, counteract that. So I think we're going into next season strong. Maybe some, maybe some moves mid-season or something like that to bolster up. But yeah, I think that we have a good chance to to go back to the cup finals and hopefully get the cup that this year. So yeah, I just wanted to give a little update on on my side of the VHL and uh, and what we've been going through in Warsaw. So yeah. On uh, on this episode, we I caught up with Spartan, like I said, and uh, this was this was actually recorded about a week ago, and I've been a bit slack on uh, getting getting this opening bit recorded and editing the rest of the episodes. So it's about a week behind. It was just before Spartan was named Moscow GM, so we we talked about the application process there for that. Um, I was pretty certain that he was getting the job, and we talked about that before we recorded. So he had he hadn't heard anything yet. So he just said he wanted to go into the podcast like he hadn't been hired yet, which he hadn't. But uh, so yeah, so you'll hear about the application process. We talk about um, our little rivalry with our two players, both season seventy two defensemen, and uh, yeah, it was it was a great podcast, and hope to get back together and podcast again with him. Um, had a bit of trouble with mic issues at the end, so the ending is a bit abrupt. But uh, other than that, yeah, great, uh, great chat with him, and yeah, I get a little opener song written for him, so we'll get right into that and straight into the interview. So, cheers for listening, guys. Spark. been trying to podcast for such a long time now i feel like an ass whose fault is it it's mine fault is it it's mine so now that we are here you can suffer through this hell let us enjoy a beer well, we talk the VHL, talk the VHL. We're season 7-2, and we both play D-Boot and Spartan. He's season 7-2, Alex Latang plays D, he's Spartan. Welcome everyone to second real episode of the Bootcast. I have with me today a very special guest, uh, a fellow Season 72 draft class member, uh, Spartan. How are you going today, mate? What's up, Boot? Thanks for having me on. We've been uh, looking forward to this for, for quite a while, always always talking about it and finally making it happen. Yeah, I know we've, we've had plans to record uh, multiple times and always talk about it, just hasn't worked out uh for both of our schedules so uh yeah happy to have you on and uh yeah big big time in the vhl i mean the cup was just awarded uh i guess last yesterday for 
for you guys now. I'm always fucked up with time zones, but yeah, about 12 hours ago it was awarded. So what do you think about that? I mean, just these entire playoffs have just been really fun to watch. I mean, so many of these teams, especially with that recent draft class, was it like 74, 75? Um, or a lot of like young folks, first gens coming in on like big recruitment classes and they're all starting to make splashes in, in the playoffs. And, you know, it's just, it's just cool to see. Um, I know EU at least like was a bloodbath all the way through, had some really tough um, fights, including that Warsaw Moscow series that ended up going to seven. Warsaw with the reverse sweep, which was insane. But I mean, Chicago just put together a really good team throughout the season. And when we got to the playoffs, they they just kept doing what they were doing. And Camus was stopping shots and they were scoring. That's it. Yeah. And they obviously, uh, big congrats to them. They, they deserved it. Uh, one of the closest knit teams, I would say, in the league. I, I'm not a part of it, but I heard their locker room is pretty fantastic and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I, for me, I, I felt that whatever team came out of the EU was going to win this season. So, um, yeah, that didn't happen. Chicago just played strong. So, uh, good on them. But uh, yeah. we'll, we'll get a we'll get a bit more into the playoffs there in a in a bit. Um, but I, I just wanted to, I wanted to talk about you. Uh, first of all, I, I always like hearing how people come up with their usernames. So, where where did Spartan come from? So Spartans and bit of like a twofold kind of thing. Um, I've always been somewhat infatuated by Greek culture, like Greek history, um, especially like Greek mythology. Um, and like just Spartan, when you hear it in and of itself, just seems like powerful in like a way like a sense of like regality to it um so like just like the helmet itself like the symbol is kind of what i have for a lot of my profile pictures on like forums and whatnot um like the helmets i've always just found really really cool um and then the second part is just classic spartan from halo I used to play that game all the time as a as a kid growing up through like middle school with like my best friend so Spartans got like a bit of a two-way meaning there, both for like the Greek mythology and just childhood memories playing Halo all the time. Yeah, right. So what? Because uh, I know you're a bit younger than I am. So what's what's the what's the Halo that stood out for you the most growing up? The the Halo that like like Halo my which, best friend and I yeah that you played yeah, the most. Like I think the game that we played the most was three. Yeah. But we also finished uh, the campaign for two and reach. And I don't think I've played any after that. We would just play three on repeat over and over um, on like legendary mode, just trying to speed run through all of like the like level or the chapters. I, I forget exactly how they label each um, mission or whatnot. But yeah, Halo, Halo, Halo 3 was the one that we would play the most. Did you get much into the online scene or not so much? No, he didn't he didn't have Xbox Gold or Live or whatever it was called at the at the time. So yeah. we'd just play either the campaign mode or just 1v1 each other um in like custom games and stuff like that. 
just get in banshees and try to ram each other out of the air. Yeah, sweet. Uh, Halo was my big game growing up too. Uh, Halo 2 is what I started on, and I played um, competitively too uh, in Halo 2 and 3. Oh, wow. Yeah, so. How did you, how'd you fare in that? Yeah, I mean, not to, I was young. I was, I was pretty good though. I was definitely uh, top 50. I even went down to um, a tournament in Sydney, which was, I mean, it wasn't much, it was an Australian tournament, but yeah, I went to a tournament in Sydney and uh, ended up finishing third place with my team, just a bunch of young kids. So that was pretty cool. Um, and that's actually, yeah, it's, it's actually where I, I got my SIG making too, like my Photoshop skills was back making uh, Halo SIGs on like uh, on Halo forums back in the day. So that's where, uh, yeah, so that's what I, between high school and um, yeah, and making Halo SIGs, that's where it translated to VHL. So maybe if I ever need a uh, GM SIG, I should I should probably have one just for Vegas, but might just have you make me one of those Halo SIGs and just turn it into a GM SIG. That's it, yeah, Master tra- Chief GM. Tra- <laughs> yeah, tra- translates over pretty well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, that's, that's good. Um, what... Uh, so how did you find the VHL? Yeah, so initially, I think I found the EFL first. Um, you know how I was showing you a bit of like that hockey GM simulation yeah. game? Uh, so basically, in that server, which I invited you to, Lefty was in. You, you may know Lefty. He yeah, had yeah. like a defenseman on, yeah, Davos and all that. Yeah, Lefty was um, also my AD when I joined VHL or EFL. EFL, yeah, Trenton. So yeah. him and I had like known each other in advance from like playing a bit of Madden. So we were in like a Madden server together. Um, we had chatted a bit. So he had seen me in that server, told me about like Sim League, stuff like that. So I joined the EFL. And then pretty soon after, I met. Uh, Blade Maiden, Kate, and McWolf, and both of them were like recommending me to join like the VHL. It's like the same thing as the EFL, but with hockey. And being a big hockey fan, figured I'd give it a shot. So none of the typical recruitment channels got me here. It was basically all word of mouth and the people that I knew. Yeah. So and it, and it I mean, came from another sim league that's obviously uh, affiliated with the VHL. Yeah. Um, so like one of the one of the simpler ways to to come around. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Uh, it, it's a great community across all the sim leagues, uh, and and given that opportunity to uh, offer affiliate TP and stuff like that, makes it really easy to be a part of many of them, which is great for yeah. all the leagues. Like I just wrote like a fat like two thousand two hundred word article in the EFL the other day. Um, and I just updated like I used the like third week of that as my VHLPT. So makes my life pretty easy when I have stuff to just go across the leagues. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, and, and you th- like, at, uh, when I first thought of it, I'm like, oh, you think these leagues would be competing against each other, but because they're different sports, obviously, and having more members is better, the easier it makes on everybody, uh, the better, even if it means a little bit less content for your league. Uh, just having the user base and... Uh, I mean, with all the expansions and stuff in VHL, that I don't think that would have been possible without offering that affiliate stuff. Yeah, and I mean, it's nice to see that. Like, as you said, it's good that these leagues aren't, aren't competing in any ways, like trying to 
prioritize users to their own league versus over other leagues. I think just the flexibility that all of these leagues offer, at least for me, made it easy to be able to do both at the same time. Because I know that a concern of mine was would I be able to do both the EFL, which I really struggle with, like getting my head around how TPE works, how point tasks work, and all that kind of stuff. So I was definitely worried about it. But then having stuff transfer between leagues, um, like the similarity of like player brands in the EFL versus like VHL.coms in, in the VHL, like a lot of that stuff just helped. And I think some affiliate users may choose to stick with one over the other, like pick one of the SBA, EFL, VHL, but a lot of people, I think like the majority of people in sim leagues have a bit of like a hand or a foot in like a different sim league as well. So that's pretty nice to see that like, even though it's three different communities, people are all connecting together at some level. That's it. Yeah. And I, and I believe that the VHL kind of started uh, like this point task version of sim leagues and then SBA and then EFL after that formed, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, possibly. I know the EFL was definitely formed after the SBA because I yeah. know some of the folks who made like the SBA rulebook, like Shaka, I think, was one of the main guys who created the EFL in its own, um, like like with the TPE stuff being the priority over money, like the ISFL and yeah. SHL and PBE. Yeah, so it's just, I mean, it's it's a, it's a good system. Yeah, you have the two different styles of sim leagues, and there's many sports in both of them. Um, I recently joined SHL and I think I'm probably going to go inactive there because it's just, I'm not a fan of the system as much as I am of the VHL. Yeah, it, it's it's very different. I'm in the SHL as well. I think I'm in my, this is my second season in the SHL. Uh, but yeah, just for me, it's like, I'm still going to be active in it. Like I love my locker room. The people are really good. It's Newfoundland Berserkers in the juniors, but in like the VHL, having that guide, knowing that you're aiming for 12 TPE a week, maybe 14 if you're in the M or 13 if you're in the VHL, but like you know where the marker is, like what you should be hitting. The SHL is just kind of laissez-faire in like that regards, where you may get your PTs approved, you may not. Then yeah. you're also just depending on like training, um, like activity checks, which are basically like practice facility in the VHL. Um, it's it's a little less like straightforward and structured as as the VHL. And there's a big priority on how much money you have in your bank account versus how much TPE you're earning per week. So different metrics, I think, work for different types of people. So for now, it's working for me. But we'll see if I can really keep it going long term. Yeah, I, the money is definitely confusing. Yeah, the money. So I I joined and did two graphics double weeks, and I got like twenty five million in the first two weeks I was there. And My uh, God. yeah, and I was like, oh, now I'm good to go for a year basically with training. Um, <laughs> but it, yeah, it's so so that part's okay because then you can just kind of coast, and the PTs are only like hundred and fifty words or a simple graphic, which is all right. Yeah. Uh, the biggest setback for me in that league was um, I've gotten so used to the portal and how nicely it lays out stats and the SHL just doesn't have that. And the updating as well is brutal on the forums. 
Yeah, forum updating is definitely interesting per se. I had to do it a bit for the SBL, which was like what was intended. Were you in the SBL? No. Okay, it was basically like if the VHL was a baseball league instead of like a hockey league. But even that was forum updating and it's it's difficult. You have to keep track of what you have claimed, haven't claimed, what's been approved to claim, what hasn't been approved to claim. And then just like manually calculating all of your attribute increases and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely very different. But and I think that they're they're working on a big project to get some kind of comprehensive index and like stats um display of some sort. I know that my GM in the juniors is one of the people working on that project. So they've recognized that they are deficient in some ways. A lot of them do say that they really like the portal that the VHL has. Um, if they manage to get a portal, that's going to be a huge step forward, um, like significantly easier for the casual user to use, but they still have pretty good recruitment and retention. So good on them. They're, they're doing stuff right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think their community actually is, um, considerably bigger than the VHL's community. Um, yeah, different, different strokes for different folks, right? Yeah. Um, and I mean, the other big thing that's like different is they focus so much of their activity within locker rooms versus how we use like the VHL server. Mm. Like most of our activity for most teams goes to gen chat or like the channels in the VHL server. But these SHL servers, man, like, they pop off like thousands of messages a day. Yeah. Cause like that's where everyone hangs out. So in like that sense, it's really cool to see, like you're really getting to know a like team centered environment versus just like everyone in the league talking over each other in like a general chat. Yeah. 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 It's, it's very different experiences for different people. Yeah. I, so all the Sims happen when I'm asleep and I always wake up to like six pings in my, uh, in my LR and DSHL, so it's like, holy fuck it. Then I just, I just pop in every morning and I post the the ping peep with the little fucking notification, and <laughs> <laughs> so it's like there's like 500 new messages. I'm like, oh, I'm not scrolling back to read through all those. Yeah, I don't, I don't bother going up and scrolling. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just check and see like on Discord like what the pings are. Usually, it's just like notifications that our game's about to go live. Yeah, yeah. Once in a while, I'll have gotten pinged that I scored a goal or something because my player is hot garbage over there. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's a good time. Like, there are some really good people over there, like super active folks on on like Discord. So definitely good for like newer people to get engaged because the activity just never stops. Yeah, and that's probably why they they uh, they have so much success with their recruiting and uh, retention of people because. Yeah, I mean, if you have any questions, someone's answering it within 30 seconds in, in probably every single LR over there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, there's definitely that many people active over there. And, you know, hopefully, like, that's something that we can try to do here in, like, the VHL. Because I think that there's a lot of prioritization over, like, communal interactions and, like, VHL gen chat. And a lot of servers tend up to be like a little dry at times just because like there's only a handful of people who really talk that much in there. So like Vegas used to have like that luxury of, you know, 
having like a lot of actives on the team using the the discord like in recent times you know as we're trying to recruit like younger fresher people that's kind of dropped off a little bit without high picks to get veterans but it's just impressive to see what they have in the shl and just trying to emulate it more and more here in the vhl yeah well and that's, I mean, we're, we're talking about the SHL a lot here, so let's get back. We're, there's a reason we're podcasting on the VHL, but uh, <laughs> no, good transition in terms of locker room activity because um, I think everyone's noticed how good of a job you've done with Vegas and the locker room and retaining members and stuff like that. Uh, so you've been, you've been GM of Vegas for three seasons now, I think? Uh, yeah, I, I took over like before the trade deadline for 72, so... Yeah, about like three, three and a half seasons now. Yeah. So what's what has been has, has that been your goal the whole time there is just trying to have a lot uh, active locker room and um, keeping people involved and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, you look at the position of like a VHLM GM, and like everyone says it so much that the goal of a VHLM GM is not really to be winning games right like like the whole point over there is trying to keep people active engaged want to continue playing and like participating in the vhl of course like playing well winning games goes a long way in that but the interactions that you have on discord with other people um are equally as important so and like vegas we that's just what like we've tried to do like ever since I I joined you know Bailey was was the GM for a bit then Proto was was GM uh, for like a short period after that but the like the minimum thing I would do like each day is hop in and and try to have a chat with just someone like like talk to someone who I saw was online like if they were listening to music tag them and like talk to them about like the music that they were listening to. And that's just kind of something that's continued like as I'm a GM, like maybe some days I'll only be talking to like alumni on, on the team or like waiver players like here and there, but just trying to have like some kind of interactions with people every day just to make them feel like someone wants to talk to them, like someone likes having them around. So just like the small things that you can do to try to get people like really into the league and enjoying the community. Yeah, I'd say just make it a little bit personable and know that you're you actually care about them as a person and not just for their player and stuff like that. Uh, no, I, I, yeah, everyone around the league has noticed how great of a job you've done there. Um, and I mean, driving right into the next thing, I know that there's a position open on the team you're currently on, and uh, you got an application in for that. So, what's what's made you want to make the jump up there? Are you just burning out a bit in the VHLM or just the prestigious? aspect of uh wanting to be a vhl and the g uh a gm in the vhl yeah um i suppose like there there can be a bit to be said about burnout in the vhlm um because i mean like as i was talking about there's so much like interactions that you have to do um on like a daily basis weekly basis try and like help out new people and you know, continually talk to them. A lot of times I'm talking people out of retirement in ways. Um, and like some of those conversations can be difficult to have, but I really appreciate how those conversations go and like the value that I get out of them. And that's something that if I do get promoted um, or 
honestly wouldn't even call it a, call it a promotion because I don't I don't think a VHL or a VHL GM is necessarily more difficult or carries more responsibility. But just like the the change from the VHLM to the VHL is more of an emphasis on winning. Yeah. And while Vegas has had the fortune of continually going to the playoffs, the Ve- like Vegas isn't a place where I've sig- like consistently made moves to go out and like win games and championships. Like I've tried to make moves to keep people happy. So if like if folks thought that this was a competing year. And I'd make moves to, you know, try to try to get some other cap players, some some top defensemen, make sure that we have a top goalie behind us, and just and just see how it goes. But you've got such high turnover there, you know. Always setting up for a championship is difficult. And I think that getting a VHL GM job is kind of where you can shift your focus a bit and you can truly build teams the way you want for the future. Um and just being able to like truly manage something. And that's kind of why at some level, like I joined the VHL wanting to have that kind of like management experience where I am chasing championships, trying to help players get some individual awards, toss them in their trophy case. Like, hell, I'm still looking for individual awards with Latang. Um, but I think like Moscow has been a great team. Vic's been a great GM. Eagles was like a great AGM during his short time there when I was there. Um, I know Hatter's also stepped up um, as like an unofficial assistant assistant GM, like helping out around, and it's just where my heart lies currently. Trying to help Moscow take the next step, win a, win a just win a championship again. Yeah, that's it. And um, I know that. Uh, so myself being an AGM, I get access to all those chats too, so I get to see everything that's happening. Um, to my understanding, Moscow's planning to blow it up, or at least that's the direction Victor was taking this year. Um, if you were to get that job, are you leaning the same way to kind of start a rebuild to, to, to start off your career? Or um, would you maybe try to, because there's still lots of good pieces, maybe you could just go for a retool and try again next season. How, how are you thinking? And did, did that play into part of the application about what you want to do with the team? So... Breaking it down, so specifically for that last part, whether it played into the application, I think that no matter what the team state would have been, Victor stepping down would have meant that I would have applied. And I've like kind of known for quite a few seasons as 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 Victor was kind of hinting in his retirement post that you know he had been thinking about retirement since like season seventy two, but stuck around because he got like a really great draft class, like top to bottom like twists went in, inactive for a bit but like Vin, Kalia, uh, Pietro, Angelini, Cole Newhook like phenomenal class like every single round produced active players and and that helped him a lot um, but yeah like we kind of knew that after we were going for like some contention seasons like he was going to be stepping down and it just kind of lines up in that manner um I can't really talk necessarily yet about some of the moves that are being made, but there were um, a couple like either player moves or like trades coming in that would kind of remove Moscow from their contention window and kind of with it leading into 
a new GM taking over, like Victor and I both felt it was appropriate to kind of start that ball, um, like, like get it rolling in a way of starting to focus more on the future than in the present. So yeah, there's there's going to be a bit of a retool going on. And I think that the commissioners might be looking for an applicant who's willing to embrace a rebuild mainly because that's something that's already been put in place. So I think like that's how it kind of relates to the applications because I know that one of the questions that I got was somewhat relating to the the direction I would take the team in and kind of knowing what the current situation was, was able to talk about that. But yeah, I mean, that's just kind of why like I'm going from Moscow. And yeah, I mean, it's, and it's a team you got drafted to. And yeah, yeah like, and that's that's more what I was asking well, there is if if some of the questions for the application had been about the direction, not now that's whether or not you would apply. Yeah, no, I mean, regardless of the of the direction, I, I would have applied to this position. Um, I mean, personally, I don't like this is kind of just like my own thoughts about it. But like, I've been working with Victor for such a long time. And I think that if there was someone best to kind of step in and continue the the legacy and the like procedures of how Moscow operates, I feel like I've learned enough to be able to carry carry that on. Um, like, been coached by one of the best. He's won multiple GM of the year awards. He's won championships. He's got a very successful resume. And I'm just honored to have learned from him. And hopefully I can, you know, use that experience and knowledge and help Moscow on like its next chapter. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I think that, I mean, you're the front runner as far as I've, I'm concerned. Um, what, what does that, that, um, what does that leave Vegas? Are you going to have a, a say in, or do you have any idea of if someone has uh, the interest to jump up there? I know Jiggly's your AGM. Do, would you be pushing for him to move up into that position? Yeah, I mean, again, like still not sure if I'll if I'll get the Moscow position because, as I was mentioning like before we we started recording, it's something that um, while it's nice to be considered like a strong candidate for it. And I think even like Baraka's survey had me at number one. Like I'm just operating as if I'm still going to be drafting for Vegas. I'm still going to be running Vegas until I hear otherwise. But in case if I do get hired, I know that I would 100% recommend Jigs to be the next um, the next GM. Because I think he's done phenomenal work, even though he's been an AGM for almost as long as I've been a GM. I think Twist was the first one I hired and he like lasted like maybe a season at most. Like Jigs has been around um, since then as well. So he's done really well. He can do just about everything that I can do. He recruits, he like talks to our waivers, keeps them active, helps them with their builds. And just one of the friendliest people and like nicest guys you can meet here in the community. So 100% would recommend him. But again, we've seen so many people be interested for these GM positions. So I know that uh, DA and Acid were looking at like a decently long list of people when considering for these positions. So I know Jigs will be a strong candidate and I'm sure that there will be other strong candidates. So. We'll just have to see who they select. Yeah, and I feel like 
the blues and well, I guess even the uh, the VHLM commissioners, they probably have an idea of who they want for the job before they even post the application. And if that person applies, I'm I'm assuming that they're already uh, tipped in favor towards them. And uh, maybe the applications and the interviews and stuff change out a bit, but yeah, I just feel that they just they already have their people picked out in their mind and uh, people that have applied a bunch for other GM positions or has been active or an AGM or uh, whatever it be, and they just that's it. I mean, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what you do in this league. Um, you still gotta you still gotta appease the commissioners and stuff like that, and and be on their good side to to get positions like that. I feel. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like that's somewhat consistent with life in general. Like, like part of it is just, but getting any any kind of opportunity is not only like, what do you bring to the table, but also like. Do you have the network, the the connections, the like, almost like respect with like the people who may be hiring you, um, or like, are you are you friendly with the people who may who may hire you? Um, and I feel like that all just plays a pretty important part because um, like a situation that I like to look back on and kind of think of is when I got hired to be an updater. So Beave was the one who was doing a lot of the like job specific stuff for an updater. And he was also someone that I would chat with in voice chats. Like he'd be streaming a game, I'd hop in, chat for a bit. Um, and that's just kind of like how I get like my name out there. Cause kind of killing two birds with like one stone, I'm getting to know a commissioner and I'm also just getting to chill in a voice chat, hang out, like shoot the shit, have some fun. like watch people play games, play games of my own. But like, that's just kind of how you create like a reputation in this league. Um, just like being social, talking to people, um, applying the jobs, even when you know that you're not gonna get it. Like I had applied for Updater like months before and I didn't get the job, obviously, cause no one knew who I was. But like the, when that second application process came around, then I was hired just cause I, knew Beave, Beave knew me, he knew what I could do. We had that relationship, like the like a working relationship in a way. And I feel like a lot of hires recently kind of display that, especially with the two most recent of advantage and IR. Like commissioners know exactly what they're getting with those two. They're they're veterans, they're proven, they've done this before in various capacities. That makes them easy to hire versus say someone who applies for jobs but isn't necessarily very active in the in the community so that's just how i kind of think of like jobs and stuff here in the vhl now what do, what do you feel about because I, I know like oh it's it's really it's always easy to hire an older guy and someone that's been in the league for a while you know what they get but i mean those guys have obviously stepped down from that position so they've lost interest in it before so i don't know i've i kind of lean towards get some like once once the members establish themselves in the league get some new blood in there and maybe they'll they'll bring some more excitement and stuff into especially like VHLM GM positions yeah and that's like the one thing which i i definitely fully agree with like if someone burns out of a position or loses interest in that position yeah i i don't think that they should be getting 
that position again. But I think in these two situations, I think advantage stepped on the last time for health reasons. That's something that I don't think anyone can really control. Um, and IR is leaving, I think was just at the time, the pipeline of VHLM GMs to VHL GMs was simply non-existent, like at that period of time. So I don't think he ever necessarily lost passion for the VHLM. I know that he was always very active even this through this past season with it. Um, like checking in on it, talking to like old old players and whatnot. But I think his move was purely just to try to get that VHL GM position. Um, and I think like after the Malmo and Calgary situations and he wasn't able to get the job, he just missed GMing and he figured he'd go back to the M. I know people may not like it as much, but I, I mean, he's still very passionate about it. I can just assure everyone of that from just the chats that we've been having so far and the GM chats. He's still very passionate about it, advantages as well. Um, but I think also for like new folks, I think, cause like a lot of chat chatter happened in that like two new GMs thread where people were complaining about like a lack of like new hires or newer members getting positions. And I think that the focus there should primarily be on like the AGM positions. Um, whether we need to standardize them and give them pay just to kind of like be able to set some restriction on who can be an AGM so that the league as a whole, like GMs are hiring newer members over veteran members, which again, like isn't a slight to you at all. But I think that if we are looking to really like qualify any position in this league as, as like entry level and give it purely to like new members to start giving them opportunities, I think it could start more with the AGM position than the MGM position. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. Yeah, are you you taking a slight at me for being an AGM? Is that what that was? No, no, that's <laughs> that's why I clarified. Nothing on. And I mean, I, I mean, think I, that a good split is also really good because I know you're you're an AGM. Uh, Pop Tarts an AGM. Like Selsby, I think, and like this point can be considered a veteran AGM just because he's been around so many so many teams. And there's there's a lot of value having a veteran AGM. Um, but I know that the benefit of having newer people be AGMs rather than trying to get them to be straight up GMs in the M, like going into an MGM position is significantly more difficult than being a VHL GM simply because you have to manage so many people, deal with so much shit. Like, yeah, there's a, there's I, a lot more like, day to day with yeah, VHL. Yeah. And like, yeah. And like, there's just a lot of risk being an MGM and having like the wrong interactions because we've had like we've all seen plenty of like interactions where players aren't happy with their minors team right like you see less of that happening up in the VHL you see it here and there but a lot more of that happens at the M level because players just aren't established they don't know what's going on they have different expectations from what they're actually getting and it takes someone who's really good with people, passionate enough to be able to handle all these problems on a weekly basis. Those are the kind of people that you want as an MGM. And I don't really think that just tossing in someone new, like looking for their first job in the league should be going directly for MGM. I think like AGM is just a better segue to that. 
Yeah, yeah I, I agree completely. And and a lot of those AGMs that people hire in in the M for new newer members, they're the ones that that thrive in the league and usually go on to get those MGMs. It's and it's a great position to get your name out there and be involved in the GM chats and uh yeah just get it out there and then when those m positions do open up people already know who you are and yeah that's it's just a great great way into it yeah absolutely what um so for lines and stuff like that i know you you're an also mac, uh, a fellow mac user how do you run sths on your mac to be able to send lines in i do not i don't use my mac for lines um I had tried and was briefly successful last summer, um, like summer of, yeah, summer of 2020. We've only had one summer since I joined the league. Wow. Um, but yeah, I like tried using some workarounds using Wine to run lines on my Mac. And for a brief bit, it actually worked. I was able to send in lines for the season 71 World Juniors. And then application stopped working because Mac didn't support updates. So I think at some point, yeah. And then I think in 2019 around Black Friday, um, my dad had purchased like this random like Dell Inspiron because I also needed to run like Excel stuff and other programs that were Windows specific for like my college classes. So I just use that for lines. I don't even bother using my Mac. Oh yeah, so it's good that that second option because I know if um, I I had contemplated going for VHL GM after I, I'm happy being AGM right now and um, love uh, working with Muff. Muff's one of my favorite members in the league, so it's been a great opportunity there. But uh, yeah, VHL GM is definitely that's uh, something I would want to do in my time in the league. Um, for the for MGM, I don't I don't think I would be well suited for that because when I I work six days on six days off, so my six days on it's hard to be active all day every day because I work thirteen hour shifts, so I wouldn't have be able to have that um, connection with people just because for six days I basically just a work machine and um, not not as involved in the league as I'd like to be. But uh, same reasons for you for. The managing side and wanting to win stuff like that, um, yeah. VHL GMing is is definitely something I'd hope to do as well in this league. Yeah, like something that I was just kind of thinking about that honestly I've never really thought of, but I've only really ever been in sim leagues during the pandemic. Like a lot of why I can do what I can now, especially being an MGM, is because my classes are online. I can very easily be in a lecture and also respond to a player panicking about something or completely lost. Like I can do that multitasking easily. Um, Even last summer when I was working for my internship, I was working from home and I could have like my work laptop and my Mac open and my monitor open and able to do like anything that really came up conveniently. So I think it's just going to be interesting to see, um, you know, once the pandemic's over and like once I'm going back into like an office and working to see how my activity kind of like month like reflect with that. So just an interesting thought that I just had, just realizing that I've only been in the VHL during COVID, 
and maybe yeah, like a week it. or two before like it seriously hit because they joined like late march like march 24th i think i want to say like somewhere in the march 20s so pandemic going on so it's pretty crazy to think about yeah yeah so i i had joined um uh, so i did some leagues about a decade ago um they were just all gm sim leagues though uh, ehm 2002 and so i i did those while i was i had just moved over to canada i was living um on the west coast of canada and i just came i, I think i came across on hf boards while i was reading something on there i'm like oh, i'll see what this is so i i signed up there uh did the gm leagues for probably two years ended up running one simming and everything and then i just lost interest and um just stopped doing them after that and so I, I moved to the town I'm in now and there's, it's middle of nowhere. There's fuck all to do here. And I said, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll just look up and see if there's any GM leagues that I can join. And uh, I ended up join, joining this league called uh, Get On My Hockey League. It was what it was called. And <laughs> yeah, it was, it was on SDHS. It was a player league as well. And for me, the, the, the big draw was it was eight TPE activity check and then a two TPE, um, just like a, a little article every week. And that was, that was max earning 10 TPE a week. Um, and that was it. So it was really easy, but the league died, like went pretty much super inactive. The simmer stepped down and it went inactive like a month after I joined it. Um, so one of the affiliate links on there was to VHL. And SHL was on there as well. So I checked out SHL and the form itself was just a mess to me. I wasn't a big fan of it. So I never bothered signing up there and then checked out VHL and look at the way TPE was earned. I'm like, oh, that seems like a lot of work. Uh, <laughs> don't know if I'm going to do that. And then had to look at the portal and um, the portal pre pretty much drew me into the league, uh, joined the Discord and then, yeah, just between general chat and VHL and the portal, that's what, that's what kept me in the league and then said, okay, I guess I can, I can get over, uh, the way, uh, the way the earning is because I was looking at articles and I'm like, I, I haven't written an essay since I was in year 12. Like I'm not, <laughs> that, that, I don't know if I could bust out 500 words. Um, uh, and then yeah, I saw, saw the graphics options, uh, got a, got Photoshop and yeah, just been coming, finding my old skills uh for the most of the league and then yeah then podcasting came up with baraka so uh it's been pretty easy breezy and the community's been really good since then yeah I was, yeah i was just looking at your at your profile and i'm still so confused how we're in the same draft class despite you joining the league a full two months before i did i know so i joined the end of january i believe is my sign up date and I think uh, so. Dill Dill was the first one that messaged me because he was head of recruitment, and I had a look at this. So I I could have signed up, and if I would have created, I would have had the season seventy one draft class. Um, but it was like two weeks before trade deadline, and there was already players with like two hundred and fifty, three hundred TPE in that draft class, and I'm like, what? And I'm gonna start at. So that was before they had the, uh, the six TPE a week addition for every week you sign up after a trade deadline so i was starting at 30 and i'm like i'm not i don't want to start there i'm gonna be i'm gonna get drafted last <laughs> so uh dill's like oh well you can wait like we would prefer if you signed up now 
just trying to retain members, obviously. Uh, but uh, if you wait a couple of weeks, it'll be trade deadline and it'll be the new draft class. So I ended up just going inactive for a few weeks and then completely forgot about the league. And then Dill actually went back and messaged me um, when when it rolled over to season 72. So I jumped back on and made my player then. Yeah. And I think you, you would have created oh, probably a month after trade deadline, something like that. I... Yeah, somewhere around that. I ended up creating like the week of the draft, I'm pretty sure. Because um, I think I only earned for that week. And then, yeah, like it was straight in, it was straight into the draft that at that point, I'm, I'm trying to go back and look at. Like, Probably the baseball. VHLM draft, you mean, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because yeah. I was, yeah, I was drafted in the 71 VHLM the 71 VHLM draft, 72 VHL draft, because I created before the end draft. But I know I think Twist and Ferk were also who were also in our class created after the draft. Um, but yeah, I, I created week ending March 15th and I was able to get my trivia answers. Uh, I claimed an affiliate PT from the EFL press conference, VHL.com trivia in my first week. And that got me drafted yeah. at least <laughs> didn't, didn't become a free agent. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so you, I had about a month on top of you for earning and I think that you've officially passed me in TPE and there's probably no catching up for me now because I've, I've gotten very lazy over the last season or two. Um, I actually I claimed. What's that? You're still even if you have gone lazy, you're still really damn close to me, dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I, you're only seven TPE behind. I know, and it's it's just that like if I don't earn twelve in a week, I don't I don't care. If I earn eight or ten, I'm I'm happy with that. I actually earned. I clicked the welfare button this week for the first time in my career. So. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you've, I don't think you've missed a week. You, you still have that 12 capped average, don't you? Yeah. I'm yeah. still in shock how <laughs> I've managed to do that. Um, I've only missed one practice facility in season 75. Oh yeah. I, for- I forgot to click the button. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause I always update at like Sunday at like 1am and then this was like in 75, they changed it to the week resets at 3am Eastern midnight Pacific time. Yeah. Um, so I just never went back to the managed player page cause like I didn't, I didn't need to. And then I was updating again on like the next Monday at like 1am. And I realized that I never claimed practice facility. And I just went straight into like dollars DMs. And I was like begging him. I was like, please, can I back claim my one my, my one TV and <laughs> practice practice facility? And he said no. So if practice facility was cap TPE and like the cap was 13, I would have like a 12.99 yeah, yeah. average. I'm so sad. Yeah. That's all right. I mean, it doesn't affect your cap the way it is, so that's good. Um, yeah. I think that leads good into we, we've had a little bit of a friendly competition with our players for the last few seasons. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, we've been very close in production for a very consistent period of time, which is really impressive to see. Yeah, really just really just the last two seasons. I know you talked I think the whole the whole thing I started is I jumped into general and you were talking shit about my player uh without <laughs> me even there. And I was like, Oh yeah, well I, was... <laughs> I was like, I'll put money on fucking uh I'll do better than you next season. And uh <laughs> which you which you never paid up by the way. I just, just wanna put that I out there. Will, I will do that this off season. Nah, no, you're all good. I I uh, it was it was more a friendly I... bit. No, because I mean, I'm not even donating for Latang anymore because I think he'll be fine going into it. But hey, if it gets your boomer ass an extra depreciation <laughs> fighter, I will, I, I will gladly donate for that's you. That's it. Just have to check and see if that's even allowed because I know last time I tried to do that, they said no. Oh, yeah. But no, that's all right. I was going to. But yeah. If I would have lost the bet and they said I wasn't allowed to donate for you, I was just going to send you the money to your PayPal direct to get around it. Um, but I, mean, uh, I can always pay tell you yeah it's all good i i didn't i didn't say anything because i'm like oh i'm not gonna it's it was a friendly bet i won it but i'm not gonna i know you're in college and stuff i'm like i'm not gonna chase a, a college kid that's probably paying a shit ton of tuition <laughs> for for 20 bucks or 10 bucks whatever it is <laughs> so all good though well uh, i'll appreciate that i'll just uh i'll get a six pack of beers and i'll dedicate them to you beautiful that's it if i'm ever if i'm ever in your neck of the woods uh, and I'm traveling, uh, I'll, I'll hit you up and you can buy me a beer at the pub. Oh yeah. There Let's we go. get it going. <laughs> okay. Yeah, looking at points though, like, wait, actually looking at it right now, I'm only four points behind you in career points in the VHL. Yeah. So that was, I think that was what you had said in the general chat that time where you were like, I have. I think we were dead equal with points and you're like, I I'm equal to your points, but you've played one more season than I have. And then, and then obviously that rookie season for me, I only had 18 points uh, <laughs> and made the jump right away where you stayed down an extra season. But yeah, it's, I mean, career numbers are very similar. Um, I think yeah, you you had two more points than me this season, but I had you beat at every other single stat, like more hits, more shot blocks, more goals. Um, and then, yeah, you got the plus minus advantage as well. Uh, but yeah, very, yeah, very similar players, uh, pretty much the same build. Uh, yeah. I've just invested a little more into discipline because I've been getting pissed at some of these fucking penalties that STHS has us do. Like, okay, going briefly, like jumping the gun into playoffs, we lost to you guys because Latang got ejected for spearing midway through the third period. Yeah. So it was a five minute major and you guys scored on the, on the power play right <laughs> after that. And that was the game winning goal. Yeah. Like yeah. I was in, I was furious in the Moscow locker room. Like <laughs> I had to take a discord break for the day. Cause fucking STHS, we lost a playoff series because my fucking defenseman with 60 discipline, like the highest on the team <laughs> decides to go and fucking spear someone that's it and gets ejected from the game i know i was, I was gonna ask you how the how the moscow locker room reacted to that series loss yeah and i mean like as i think like i've said publicly and a lot of other folks have have said publicly like ajay krishna stole that series mm. like he was lights out 
insane goalie. Like if Warsaw had had like won in like the in the finals there, I think everyone would have had him as the lock for the canoe because he was ridiculous yeah. against Moscow. Like I think every game like we were putting out like more shots than you guys, but he was just making all the saves. So massive credit to that lad. Well, I, I think the like when we went down three one, those two games that you guys won at uh, on the road against us. Uh, or actually, you guys won the first two games, right? No, we were up. I don't remember. I honestly don't even remember. But, but I know, like, there there might have been a couple, like, one or two games where you guys outshot us, but I think we ended up outscoring you. Yeah, there was, there was one game where we outshot you by double, and and we ended up losing the game, like, 5-2 to two or something ridiculous like that. Um, <laughs> but I know we were, we were pretty yeah. upset about that, too. Um, but not crazy yeah, good series. Yeah, and I mean, going to seven games, I don't think that there was any really other expected outcome. Like, you know, like that was a series that Moscow and Warsaw were just battling for number one seed this entire season yeah. in the EU. Um, so it seems only fitting that, you know, two of us went up against each other in, in the series, though Latang had significantly more points than Mitchell. Mm. I just would like to put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> I uh I think Mitchell Mitchell played a shutdown defenseman role in the playoffs. He just fucking disappeared. Yeah, I mean, both both defensemen putting up like thirty plus shots blocked. Like Mitchell hits a bit more, and I think that like consistently over time, Mitchell has always just hit more. Mm. Um, like even though I increase checking and strength to like eighty checking around like eighty four strength, like. He can't hit more than like 120 times in a season. Yeah, I think that discipline's really holding you back on that part. Yeah, and like I know that people have said like there's no correlation between like hitting and discipline and penalties and all that kind of stuff, but I don't even know. Like I had uh, discipline at like 55, um, like as soon as I went up to the VHL because I think Try told me to increase discipline, so immediately increased my discipline and I had one hit my entire rookie season <laughs> i had one hit but but like at least i wasn't a goon like i never went over like 50 or 54 penalty minutes until this past season when i had 124 i had as many hits as i had penalty minutes and that and that was in relation to bump and checking up to 80 i'm pretty sure right yeah, like I've just been consistently bumping checking up because I think like we all know that if you want to be winning defenseman awards, like you have to hit. Yeah. Right? So like that was just kind of my thing, um, trying to be more fantasy relevant, trying to position myself to at some point be in the discussion for defenseman awards. So it was just bumping up checking, but I was also taking more penalties and I wasn't happy with that. So I bumped up discipline as well, but it, I suppose it does absolutely fucking nothing if yeah. you can get ejected from well, game seven. Yeah, the biggest thing I seven. noticed too was I found that players that had high checking seemed to be seemed to get even with the penalties, they still got more points. Like you look at uh Latinen, he's one of the biggest hitters in the league and leads the league in points. Um and then when uh Condor Adrian was the top defenseman for four seasons in a row, he had ninety checking and consistently was putting up 100 point season so that that was what put because i don't like getting penalties either but uh that that's what made me increase my checking some more and i had the best season i had uh 
just put just put my check into 80 so yeah and I, and I mean like that's definitely something that i'm going to consider a lot more when i'm like when we recreate go for our next players um probably won't invest anything much into discipline definitely focus on like checking a bit but yeah I don't know. Like, just just hoping they, you know, if Latang wins an award sometime, great. Otherwise, he was basically just a test drive to see how this whole VHL thing went. And I mean, so far he's he's done pretty decently. Oh yeah, he's he's over a point per game, so you can't uh, can't be upset about that. Yeah, I mean, and like that was always kind of the goal. Like I always looked forward to each season. Like sophomore season was great to see that I had like. 79 points in 72 games so that was really nice to see yeah um and then dipped this pet like 75 because we didn't have enough like offensive firepower and i think it was still like a year that we had pavlov or something like that i forget exactly how that went or no that was the first season of davis so mm. davis just racked up like all the points but this season was surprising was pleasantly surprising um because as like SDHS history kind of dictates that like you know if you're the best player on a bad team like how adrian was for a lot of his career um you're gonna get a lot of points and latinin has long like by far been the best forward on moscow like the entire time he's been here so even though having rock davis latinin uh ricer as like our second line center latang was still able to put up 92 points in 72 games which is pretty respectful yeah, for sure. I dig I, it. I think um, I'm, I'm assuming did Moscow have their the top power play just loaded up with all all you big guys? I think for the power play, yeah. Yeah. I wish I could see how many total power play or actually no, I could probably see that on the index. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I'm not too sure. I haven't really looked at the index too much. Um, I know this shows power play goal, but it doesn't say. So that's that's what I always assumed that. Oh, uh, you guys are just just loading up on the power play and that's where Latang's getting all his points from. Possibly, but I'm not completely sure if all, if all of them were actually coming on the power play necessarily because he, he didn't score too many power play goals. Like, like maybe half, like a little less than half. Yeah, only, like power only play six goals. of 19. So yeah, it wasn't a whole lot. Yeah, so I'm like trying to see if I go to pro stat advanced uh basic power play points okay so in the playoffs latang had uh 20 points 10 of them were on the power play so yeah yeah could be that like half that like half of the time like he was loading up on like power play points but yeah not yeah not going to complain too much i mean no. if it's working if you can just get it stacked that much then hell that's that's how you win games that's it that's what um uh... I guess that's that's the opposite of what I see. See, Mitchell was has been the best player on the team for the past three seasons, where Latang has been kind of coasting on top guys. Right? That's just the way I see it. I'm biased, obviously. Um, yeah, and I mean, on. a lot of it has also been like trying to just get stats because uh, a lot of times I was on the like second pairing, like not even paired up with with Davis on like the first pairing. Yeah. Um, but basically, like splitting up like your two best defensemen. So a lot of times, like that, Latang was still able to get like the 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 points that he did while being on like the the second pairing. It was just, like I'm just happy with that. 
to yeah. be able to get there. But yeah, he's he's never had to carry like a defense. Yeah, yeah. So we'll like still plenty of seasons left, like three more seasons, um, to see what he can do. Oh yeah. So we'll see. Like if they, like if Davis sticks around, then we'll have that. If not, then Watang might be leading Moscow's defense for a bit. Yeah, or and, and he's he'll be more than capable yeah. to do it. That's for sure. Hopefully, yeah. uh, we'll see. I don't have as much bank as you for progression, so I'm gonna have to earn pretty well the uh, next week or two. Yeah, you've just spent you spent more than me. I've I've found I stopped at eight sixty. I like my build. I like the way Mitchell performs. So I said I'm not gonna change anything. Um, and I'm just going to bank and fight regression. And I'm, I'm hoping I can stay at this build for all three regressions. Yeah. So. And I think like with us, we should be able to do that because I'm assuming you're not buying any depreciation fighters this off season. Yeah. No, I already, I have more than enough banked. I think I have everything banked and um, I still have like 30 left over bank to cover regression this season. Yeah. So I'm probably going to let strength go down a little bit, mainly because like 80 84 marginal difference yeah i really wish discipline would fucking regress because but no that's gonna stay the same forever so stuck with 60 discipline but i mean yeah like 95 skating like 95 to 99 puck handling isn't gonna be a world of difference but just keeping scoring and defense at 99 is the big thing and then checking at 80 just so you can get those extra stats now i think that you can um, isn't there a player store option you can spend money to get rid of points and move them around? Yeah, but I think when I calculated that, I would be a little too uh, close to the edge of losing out on depreciation fighters in case if I wasn't given a bonus. Ah, uh, gotcha. So just, so just playing it safe there and uh, saving up all my money until when I need to buy depreciation fighters. Yeah, yeah, I've done the same thing. I've I think I spent the the two first gen things and then. After that, I've just been saving up. And I've never, even when I, I donated the first three seasons, I think, just to get that little bit of an advantage and then stopped after that. But I, I don't even think I took the money option in any of them. I think I took the free weeks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that I only donated uh, $10 each time. I just got the doubles week and the uncapped TPE. Because uh, like, yeah. I wouldn't. Because like, I wouldn't use a free week. Oh, I think you, um, you know what? Now that you say that, I think I did the same thing. Yeah, because, yeah. like, at the time, like, I was cranking out articles for the EFL or I was doing presentations in the EFL or I was already doing podcasts, so I didn't see much point in getting a free week. And I honestly never thought about how the money could actually help out. So, like, looking back, maybe I might have done 15 just to get the extra mil, but for now, I think I should be able to afford uh, two Yagers and each of the last two depreciation fighters uh, we'll see yeah like in case if i do need to buy like donate just to get that last one then we'll see but not worried about that too much yeah yeah i'm not i mean if i can't afford it i i'm uh i'm at the point now i know mitchell's career is not hall of fame worthy at all um so i just i'm doing whatever's best for the team now uh i want to win a cup i want to that's it if if uh if something happens and I need to switch to forward to cover a spot there, I, I'll have no problem spending that money to to do that. Um, yeah, like if, I'm kind of in the same boat as well. I know Latang's not really going to be winning anything unless 
something mir like miraculous happens over these last couple years of his career, which which I mean could could happen, but I'm not keeping my hopes very high at this point. That basically need to have Condor Adrian type numbers because if you look at Adrian's numbers, the start of his career, they're they're not fantastic for the first four seasons either. I think he had like 40, 50 points for four seasons. Yeah, so. and I mean, just looking at like this past season, like I don't, I don't think that in terms of like the stats that are that important, like I'm not very far off of what Rock Davis or Cinnamon Block had. Like, I've I've three ninety nines in stats and like a ninety five. Like, it's all kind of dependent on like team situation here. That's it. Yeah, and, and sim so, luck. It's all sim luck at the end of the day. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's definitely possible that at some point, you know. Um, Latang could break out, but I th like especially this season when you have Ricer, Beck, and Josh, all of them with higher TP, and a lot of the offense is going through them. Like the fact that I was even able to hit ninety-two points was just like very lucky. Yeah. No, it's good. But we'll see. Yeah, I I think I should be I think I should be in conversation this season for um. Best defensive defenseman. I think I had second most shot blocks in the league, and everyone else up there had nowhere close to the hits that I had. So hopefully I get into that conversation. And then maybe even best all-around defenseman because, I mean, I, I know I was 10 points back from Davis, but um, had more goals, and I was the best. I mean, I don't, it doesn't mean much, but I was the top VHFL fantasy player this season too. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure what they look at for awards. Uh, hopefully, I'm in the conversation there a bit, but if if not, I don't. I'm kind of over it, really. I mean, I definitely think that you should be considered. Yeah, you have like 20 more shots blocked than Davis, about 30 more hits. Um, like yeah, 10 less points, but you have seven more goals. Yeah, 20 20 fewer assists. Um, like I don't. I hope no one's looking at plus minus, but. No, and it's not like it's not like I had a negative minus on uh, a top team. If you have a negative minus on a top team, then yeah, that's something to look at. But I mean, a plus fifteen player—that's yeah. pretty solid. Yeah, and I—I I mean, yeah, like in terms of stats, like you should definitely be up there. So, yeah. rooting for you after Rock Davis because gotta support the Moscow brother for. Well, I think. It, so it, isn't there, there's three defensive awards, isn't there? Like top offensive, top defensive, and top overall? Is that how it works? Honestly, I have no clue. I know that they've named them all something different, and I never yeah. can keep track of what the names actually are. So I, yeah, um, I, I do I believe mean, I, If you win them. one... Um, yeah, so if you win one, Josh wins one, and if they want to sneak me in for a third, yeah. I'm vibing. Best, yeah. best, best case scenario right there yeah so I, I think davis davis locks down um top offensive no doubt uh I just, i'm just hoping i can grab one of the other ones uh, but see what happens yeah and I'm, looking, and I'm looking at cinnamon blocks and 50 fewer shots blocked 30 less hits yeah only a plus six on the season and fewer mostly goals. all assists too right yeah 85 assists to 14 goals yeah yeah so yeah, fantastic season, but yeah, I just don't think that's award worthy based on other things. Yeah, like I think Davis is definitely gonna get stuff over block. Yeah. But because I mean it's it's gonna be really interesting because it's the one thing that you consistently hear is like, you know, 
Condor Adrian was really good because he was on a bad team. But now you have Rock Davis putting up 103 points despite not even playing on the same pairing as Latang, who is another top five defenseman in, in terms of points. So just going to be interesting to see how like the voters look at all that kind of stuff and like decide how they want to evaluate like the two Moscow defensemen's points versus Block, who is like the sole defenseman on or like the sole top defenseman on DC or U on Warsaw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, but you can look at it both ways too. Like, now does does Davis get those points without Latin leading the league in goals and assists? So yeah, I mean, I, I, I you say like yes, sim wise, um, good great players on poor teams seem to succeed more, but it's also okay now that player is doing all that by himself. So is is that more impressive or because the way we look at the sim is it less impressive? Uh, I'm not too sure. What, which way I mean the voters can go whichever way they want and I mean I'm, I'm not going to be upset either way which way it goes there was a lot of good defense even uh even Matty Sox had a fantastic season for Chicago there so yeah both both Sox and uh Brand yeah Twist got moved to defense had a, had a really great scoring build but he was a cap casualty um for for Moscow but good to see the ghost of him doing well as yeah, well yeah he had like 28 or 30 goals too on defense didn't he i think he led the league in goals for defensemen yeah yeah 30, he had 30 30 goals yeah that's ridiculous. that's impressive but i mean i think it's i think it's just that low uh like he keeps his passing low so he's just shooting a lot more yeah which is good for him yeah but no it's it's uh like it's lots of good defensemen that could go anywhere this season uh hope hoping on good seasons to continue for all of us, maybe, maybe some, maybe a couple of you guys can have a little bit less of a season to give me a chance at leading the league. Uh. <laughs> and it's it's definitely going to be good competition because Block's retiring uh, right because he's season sixty nine. Yeah. Um, and I mean, just just looking at the rest of the list, I think Eric Killinger is also six. He's a uh, seven seventy one. So yeah, he's just a year ahead of us. Davis is just a year ahead a year ahead of us but me me and you man we're like the next two top from the That's season it. 72 class we're we're ranked uh we're ranked 15 and 16th in total tpe in the league right now yeah so yeah and the only, the only defenseman above us is uh killinger after everyone retires oh and davis obviously davis yeah, yeah. davis is ridiculous i i still have no clue how he has that much tpe no nah, i know it's he had like 600 TP in his sophomore season, like because I remember coming into the league and be like, oh, Davis is only a season younger than I am, and then I'm like, oh, but he's fucking 300 TP above me somehow. Yeah, I, I like still have like tried to go back and look through his updates to see where all that TP came from, and the best I can find is like a whole bunch of TP coming in around Christmas. Yeah. Um. But even that like doesn't make up enough, so I'm just guessing that somewhere along the way he was recruiting folks before yeah, they changed how recruitment bonuses got handed out. So he got like a fat amount of TP over there. Yeah, it's got to be it's got to be recruiting. Um, McWolf is the same way in our draft class. I have no idea he how he's that far ahead of us. Like I, I mean, was with part of, that's my own, part of that's my own fault because I mean he he recruited me and he got the old TP uh, uh, yeah. or the old recruitment benefits. So. 
Yeah. You probably got like a fat like 15 TP or 20 TP just from me. Yeah, because I know he, so he started at, so I signed up the same week that he did. Um, obviously, he retired at trade deadline and he had that 50 TP advantage on me. And then I got, I think, what, what is it, like 11 for the first gen bonuses. So he always had that 39 TP buffer on me and I stayed about that until we got drafted. And then after that, he just took off and that's where yeah, recruiting must have just sent him way above anything I could earn. Like he's, he's over 120 over me now, 130. So. Uh, he's he's well he's well beyond us at, at this point. But yeah. I mean, not not to throw shade or anything, but the two of fuzz have gotten a lot further in the playoffs than than, than oh, he has. It. So yeah. I mean, that's that's just the Davos curse at that point. Like there were there were times honestly that I thought this season, like you know, with the rebuild coming, like would Davos want to compete? And I kind of had like an urge to you know go to Davos try to be part of like the turnaround over there but then they ended up scrapping the season like midway through around like trade deadline and traded everyone away so back to the rebuild for them I suppose yeah. but I really would like to play for Gus and Davos someday like, uh, I really like Gus yeah I think it'd be a good time with Gus and Baraka there uh terrible sim luck I every time I looked at like the standings and saw that they were in last place I would have another look at their roster and I'd be like how is this team not like not beating other teams, like it didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I'm ridiculously confused. But you know, just how I think, what's it, Hatter and Orbiting Death now we're we're trying to be a package deal. Maybe the two of us could could make some uh, friendly recreates and and try to join up on on Davos together someday. There we go. Try to turn that franchise's luck around. I um, I already have a plan for my next player recreate. Um, don't, don't, not gonna, not gonna say what it is yet, but, um, yeah, I don't think too many teams are going to be wanting me on their team, to be honest. Uh, Wait, why? Yeah, just, just, I, I'm going to go somewhere different. I'm not going to try for points and all that stuff and trying to be the best. I, I just, I try to have a little bit of fun with the league and, uh, see what I can do there. Um, uh, I think that means hitting free agency a lot. Yeah, yeah, hitting free agency a lot. I don't, don't want to stick with the team, and then yeah, I probably just I'll probably be more of a detriment to a team than uh, than I will help them. So, uh, but we'll we'll see you, what happens. Are you there. gonna be a are you gonna be a full goon or something? Yeah, yeah, kind of, <laughs> kind of, kind of a goon, but kind of not at the same time. Uh, you'll you'll see though when I think we get to. We get to recreate for season eighty two, which because I was I was contemplating even retiring a bit earlier uh and doing that but the idea of creating for season 80 sounds pretty cool and like rather than 77 or 78 or 79 so i think i'll i'll yeah, stick mitchell out for the entire career and then then i can have fun and and not have to worry about okay i gotta earn as much tp as i can i can i can go a little bit relaxed and if i don't feel like doing something one week claim welfare or uh but yeah see where see how we go yeah and i mean um honestly excited for what the class is going to look like because um, i know a few folks in the in the 73 draft were also talking about retiring a little early kind of like those welfare folks and and whatnot um, yeah. who once hit pts and are now going to welfare talking about retiring in 80 but i mean you're gonna have like me you firk highlands um 
like Spence Helsby, if he's if he's still active. Yeah, um, the Burr. Yeah, Andrew uh, Andrew Sue is going to yeah. be retiring around that that time as well. So and then you have all the like like McWolf yeah. and Sonnet and Jubo, um, and I even I always forget that Fong was part of our draft class too. Uh, he's, oh, yeah, he's it a welfare was... welfare player, but I mean he still has eight hundred TPE. So, uh, yeah, yeah our, I think our... he's on like like pension now. Yeah, sorry, yeah, pension. They get five, and then I think he still does other stuff too. So, um, I mean, yeah, he's he's a guaranteed eleven a week now with his mod pay. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, how do you feel about the six TPE for mods? I, I don't know exactly how much work that they have to do, so I don't really have a comment on that. But like just knowing how much work that a VHLM GM has to do, the fact that we're getting paid two and they're getting paid six to yell at people on Discord is yeah, and I don't kind of laughable. I mean, I am both of us are pretty active in VHL general. Um, I don't know about mod work on the forums. I don't like there's maybe one thread a month that gets out of hand that they'd have to step in, but they just step in and close it. So yeah, I think six yeah. TPE. Maybe there's behind the scenes stuff where people are complaining to them about stuff. I'm, I'm not too sure, but yeah, I thought that was, I mean, maybe two to four TP would have been realistic, but earning half of your capped to be a mod is, I don't know, a little bit much in my opinion. Yeah. And, I, and like, I know that, you know, they, they definitely have to deal with stuff. And from what I've heard, like they actually have to write like reports and whatnot in case of something actually happens. But like, even, even with like Reno leaving us, within the next couple of months. Um, like, I'm not even sure how much stuff even happens on like a week to week or month to month basis that really deserves bans. I think like most of the people down in the VHL are pretty chill. Like you have a couple of people like Flames or Rook who got banned the other day for having a wildly inappropriate username. But, um, you know, like not, not that much happens that I think, you know, it, that a mod should be required to spend that much time on, on the VHL and therefore get like six TPE. Like even yeah. the MGMs were like a couple of them were like chatting. Like, I mean, if the mods are going to get six for dealing with people, like have the MGMs get a bit of a pay raise for dealing with every single new person that walks in the, in the door. Oh, that's you it. Know, you, that's, you, that's you guys are earlier. You're responsible for basically member retention because if, like you're the number one person they're going to go to for help and uh, keep an active in the league. But anyways, I don't want to get too much into it because I don't want to piss off the mod crew. I'm already on uh, thin ice with the mod crew in general sometimes, but um, yeah. yeah. yeah I just thought it was... there's, there's nothing they can, there's nothing they can, they can do to us in like this regard. But I mean, yeah, like I respect what they do, like, you know, um, keeping the community safe and whatnot from the couple of people that, come in and do stupid shit um but you know i've said it quite a few times i feel like in the past few weeks that mgms are criminally underrated or underappreciated in ways um and i mean i'd like to see them get a bit more pay like arguably more than a vhl gm just because of what they have to do but hey if you end up being a mod hope you have to earn your pay that's it, yeah. Uh, I guess the is there anything else you wanted to to talk about in the VHL or? Um, I know I got I got one segment here that I like to that I like to 
do with Big Al the first time, and I want to keep going. Um, but yeah, just if there's anything else that you wanted to bring up while, while we're here. I think we're good for now. I'm excited for this. You were you were teasing it before we, we hopped on, so I'm looking forward to this segment. Yeah, so I mean, if, if you listen to the first bootcast, which I, I'm assuming you didn't, um, no, I, yeah, so. I'm just going to make a, I'm just going to make a quick statement right here. As much as I like <laughs> recording podcasts, I cannot listen to one. I, I can't, I don't have the patience for it. I don't even listen to the podcasts that I've recorded in the past with fishy or anyone else. Like I might listen to like the first two minutes just to make sure that the audio was okay. Yeah. And then I don't. I, I don't I don't listen to it. I, I just can't sit there and listen to it. I don't have the patience and it's not not a slight to anyone who's recording podcasts. I just I can watch like those five minute clips that like Pat McAfee does for like American sports on on YouTube. That'll yeah. be perfectly fine with that, but I just can't sit and listen to people talking as much as I really want to. I just simply can't. Yeah, fair enough. I think I guess podcasts are for are not for everybody. Uh, I love podcasts. I right currently I spend when I'm at work 12 hours in a piece of heavy equipment and you can only listen to so much music and the same song so many times. So podcast keeps things interesting for me there. I have, I have my staples that I listen to weekly and then uh, I'll throw on some VHL ones too. If, if they keep me interested for the whole thing, then that's good. Uh, I've, I have shut off a lot of them because I find some that just drag on or um, some will be like people playing games in the background and they're not really focusing too much on the podcast itself. So, uh, but no, I, I, I do enjoy podcasts. I, I love that the podcasting community of the VHL has expanded the way it has. And Brock and I have talked yeah. in deep about that on our podcast. Uh, but no, it's good. Um, anyways, yeah. yeah and like, that's, yeah, that's like the one thing real quick before we move on that yeah. I, that I have really like appreciated because when I first came to the league, the only like consistent podcast was uh, Doc and Spyro. And then I know like Fishy and I started doing our podcast. Um, and then like uh, we've seen so many other podcasts pop up. And that's just really nice to see more people embracing this medium. Because I think that it's a really nice way to earn TPE, interact with other people and, you know, just have a good time. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's and it gets you talking to people like in over voice rather than just over text the whole time so you can actually you can gauge someone a lot more talking to them in voice and same with playing games and stuff like that like you were saying earlier uh yeah it's it's, that's that's a big part about the vhl that draws me in is just the community and how how close you get to people that you're likely never to meet in your life it's it's pretty insane way across the yeah (laughs) uh yeah anyway so the the segment i have here is uh called power moves uh, so I have one of my favorite uh, podcasts. They used to be on the radio. They're they're called Hamish and Andy in Australia. Uh, funniest guys in on the planet, as far as I'm concerned. They're they're hilarious. And uh, one of the segments they do on their show is called Power Moves, and people just uh, write in what what their power moves are in life. Um, so a power move is anything that you do to someone else to take social. Uh, dominance over them and just make them feel like a lesser person. Uh, so I mean, maybe, maybe a little bit questionable, but they're they're usually pretty pretty friendly moves and uh, they're they're funny. So um, I've uh, hold on, I uh, so they released a book and I have the book here and it's 
it's basically the most powerful book in the world because I have a hundred power moves here that I can use to, to take social advantage over people. Um, so what I, what I do for this segment is um, you pick a number one to a hundred. I'll, I'll read what the power move is for real life. So already I'm helping the rest of the VHL become more powerful. Um, and then if you can apply that power move to a situation in the VHL, then, um, then I have, I have three copies of this book and eventually I'm going to do a raffle for everyone that, that has been part of the show and, and send one of the power move books out to, to whoever wins the raffle. All right. Okay, so, so you, so you need me to pick a number. So here, let me let me just let me just see how it works here. I'll, so, or since you never listened, I'll tell you what the first were. Okay. Uh, so, so Big Al picked forty-two uh, to start off. I, I was actually thinking of picking forty-two. Yeah, yeah. So Big Al picked forty-two, and um, so the power move for that one was when someone asks you to guess the number of something so they can brag, such as guess how many goals I kicked on the weekend purposely guess too high just to make their number feel insignificant and ultimately a waste of your time. So, I mean, that was, that was a very easy one to apply to the VHL. So, uh, big Al said like, Oh, guess how many goals I scored in that last sim. And you say, I don't know. Did you score 10? And they'll be like, Oh no, I only scored four. So <laughs> yeah, it just makes them, just makes them feel like shit about their accomplishment. Right. <laughs> um, so we figured that that one was too easy. So he said, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and I'll pick the second number. And uh, so he picked 69. He's like, that's the two numbers everyone's going to pick to start I'm off. Gonna pick 69. Yeah, yeah. So, so that one was uh, when sending an email to anyone asking them to do something for you, rather than finishing with something like regards, hit the recipient with thanks in advance. So that way there you're, you're already assuming that they are going to do whatever you ask of them. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So what so big asset for that one was like, uh, if you're applying for a job or something like that, uh, post your application and be like, oh, thanks for hiring me in advance. So, no. yeah, <laughs> just, just a little bit of a power move there. So, uh, yeah, so that, that, that's what we came up with for the first one. So yeah, any other number one to a hundred, uh, and we'll see if you can, you can apply that, this power move to the VHL. Let's go with number 87. 87. Oh yeah. Big, big Crosby fan are you? I forgot forgot you're the Pens fan. All right. <laughs> Number 87. The power move is called helpful call. When you're playing soccer and the opposition has had a shot for goal that is clearly missing, yell out really loud, missing. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I I mean it's we don't really play the sports in VHL, so how do you how do you think we can apply that oh. one to VHL? Wait, can you, so can you read it one more time? So w when you're playing soccer and the opposition has had a shot that is clearly going wide, yell out really loudly as soon as it leaves his foot, missing. Okay, so the best place that I can think of applying that is obviously with the league crew. Um, I don't know in which situation would be the perfect one to yell missing. Um, cause I know like you can throw abilities and, and whatnot, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I, I could definitely yell at myself anytime I see him, miss his uh, target <laughs> and just scream in VC missing. <laughs> yeah, that'd, that'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, what, see, okay. So league almost has like a built-in mechanic for that, where 
based on like what you cl like click and drag, you can do like an alert ping, you can do like a caution ping, or you can do like an enemy's missing ping. So yeah. the biggest thing in League is if someone fucks up, they just keep question mark pinging them because that's what shows up on the ground around them. Oh, yeah. So you just drop question mark pings whenever like you fuck up and they're like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you useless? Yeah. <laughs> just to <laughs> so make them like feel the bad. Yeah. Of, like yelling missing. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, you just you just call something obvious that, that has happened just to make them feel bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> i play this i play this um, soccer game on my phone called score match and it's like uh it's, just, it's online multiplayer soccer games and you draw lines to make passes to your players and take shots and stuff and uh it's i don't know it's, it's a stupid game but it's something that i i just have fun with and you upgrade your players whatever um but there's you can't talk to each other in it there's just like emojis that you can post on your picture and uh just whenever one takes a whenever anyone takes a bad shot or whatever i just spam the laughing emoji at them <laughs> so you know you know it just and they just get riled up it's it's pretty funny that's a good one yeah yeah uh, that, like make sure to like extra question mark ping uh so whenever he uh misses a skill move that's it and uh so, yeah <laughs> and then the other part of this too was if uh, anyone that listens to the podcast and hears this power, here's the power move that we come up with in the, for, for the VHL. If you can success, uh, successfully use the power move against someone in the VHL and send me a screenshot of it, I I put them as an entry into the into the draw as well for one of the books. So I've already had, uh, I think Boom, uh, Boom sent me a thing he before he had gotten drafted. Uh, he messaged Beave on Vancouver and he said. Uh, I have no interest in coming to the city. Um, I expect you will not be drafting me. Thanks in advance. <laughs> so, yeah, if you, if uh, if any of your league people listen to this and and they wanna they wanna send that power move in, um, yeah, and I and I feel like it kind of has to be. I don't know if it's against your. Just like, I'll just like have to take a screenshot That's in it, game yeah. of me question mark pinging like SO or someone. Yeah. Yeah. Missing something, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good, though. There we go. So as every episode of Bootcast, the VHL gets more powerful. So I actually really hope that I win this book because this sounds like something evil enough that I could do while still being very nice to someone. It's, so it's, it it's fantastic. And a lot of them are really, really funny. Uh, and and do you think about them like as as you read them and you're like oh that would if that was pulled on me i would definitely def taking social advantage over me <laughs> it's really good oh i think i lost you spartan um but uh yeah that's uh that, i think that's all i had for the bootcast today so thanks for coming on and uh thanks for everyone that's listened i'll uh we'll see you next time for a bootcast I've won my rings, I've done all the dumb things.